Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStepano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey Anasora Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leaves. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a writing review as well. That would be much appreciated. All right, Leafs with a three, uh, four-three win last night over the Calgary Flames. Not the not the most impressive win, I would say. A uh, very impressive first period, which we'll get to in just a moment when I kind of break down the game and, and give my thoughts on it. Uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We'll also do my three stars of the night, and then we got some league news that I want to get to. There's been some. Uh, there was a big kind of like the massive news headline that came out of Pittsburgh. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of discuss that and then kind of my early thoughts on uh, on the league so far. So we'll, we'll get to that uh, a little bit later, but let's talk about last night's game. Uh, the Leafs, 4-3 win over the Calgary Flames, taking four out of four points on the road versus a very rested Flames team. Like, this is a team going into that game on Sunday who had five days off. They're very much rested against a, a, a Toronto team who had been playing quite a bit. And they got, you know, kind of came away with a full two points on Sunday. And then last night, again, leaving Calgary kind of in the dust, no points. And these are divisional games. These are important, super-duper important to, to win all these games. If you can win regulation, even better, even better. Now, it wasn't like a totally dominant game of hockey, right? You, you can kind of look at that game and break it down into three different, uh, three different periods, right? They were absolutely dominant in the first. Uh, I thought that that was the best period of hockey that I've seen this team play. Just pure domination. You know, there was clean, crisp passing. It looked like they kind of had pucks on strings. They're moving around it uh, with ease uh, out on the ice. So you know, that first period was great, and they were able to get a couple of goals as well. And then the second period, the Flames really come out hard uh, early on. They get a goal and, and kind of kept the pedal to the metal the rest of the way and really, really had a strong second uh, out shooting the, the Maple Leafs 18-5 to in that second period after being outshot 10-1. to Like the Leafs outshot Calgary 10-1 to in the first period. It looked like they were going to just steamroll this team. It looked like they had it and that kind of just... You know, fell asleep at the wheel a little bit in the second period, and the Flames really came on. Luckily, Freddie Anderson came up big in that period uh, for 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 the Maple Leafs. You know, when you're outshot 18 to five, your goalie needs to be on his A game, and he was last night. Um, had eight high danger chances in the second period as well. Uh, turned them aside, and really, I, that's kind of what the Leafs needed. Like Leafs Nation, um, when they found out that Jack Campbell is going to be out long term. And if I, uh, I can't remember, no, I actually I was going to update that. Uh, but Campbell's going to be out now for for weeks, right? So that means that uh, the backup goaltender is going to be Michael Hutchinson, and that's not an ideal situation, but it is what it is. But after watching last night and seeing Freddie Anderson. Uh, come and, and, and have a really good game and kind of steady the ship a little bit. And he has. You know, his last few starts, I thought that he's actually been great. 
right? Um, I think he's got like a 925 save percentage over the, his last four starts. So he's starting to round back into form. You know, Freddie November always always plays well. He's off to slow starts all the time. But here we are, a few games in. He's starting to find his game again. And, uh, you know, at the right time, too, because he's going to be leaned on a lot going forward now, considering that uh, you know Campbell's going to be out for a little bit. And I'm not too sure how many games they're going to want to put Michael Hutchinson back there. But so, yeah, just an interesting game last night overall, right? Exceptional first period, got dominated in the second period, and then kind of a back and forth a little bit in the third. I would say Calgary still kind of controlled things in the third period. Um, and, and really goaltending was was massive. That that was the, the name of the game. We'll go through our three stars of of the game, but I can I can certainly tell you that Freddie makes an appearance quite quite high on that list. Uh, a couple other things that really stood out to me last night was um, the depth scoring. You know that makes this team so much more dangerous. You look at this this Calgary trip as a whole. You know Wayne Simmons with goals in back to back games. Uh, Tyler Boyd had a really nice goal yesterday. Just a great play overall by everyone involved. I think you know Hall made a nice uh, a nice move to force a turnover in his own zone. Got got it over to Muzzin. Muzzin great breakout pass. And then uh, Pierre Engvall was able to get the puck over to to Boyd, who made a nice move to put in the back of the net. So that was just a great play overall. And really Really, if if the depth can keep it up, and if we can get those, you know, a goal or two, uh, you know, in the, I'm not saying maybe not every single game you're expecting a couple goals out of your depth, but if you know every game, every other game, you can get a, a goal here and there from these guys, that's going to go a long way for for this team's success, right? Like Matthews and Marner, they've brought it every single night. They're scoring on any given night, but the nights where they're not, you're going to have to rely on some other guys to score and. You know, over the past couple of couple of games, you know, you got a couple goals from Simmons, one from Boyd, Jake Muzzin scored as well uh, on on night one. So you're getting that depth scoring, which is great. And and overall, I thought that you know the bottom six played really really well last night. Like, you know, the 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 top unit wasn't quite on their A game as much as we've seen them outside of that first period, of course. But they also, you know, the fact that the depth was playing well, Marner and Matthews didn't get overplayed last night. Like, they both played just over 18 minutes. 18 minutes of ice time, that's it. That's down from, like, they're averaging, like, up over 20, 21, 22, 23 minutes a game. Right? So, the fact that they felt comfortable with that Engvall, Boyd, uh, you know, lineup. You know, the third line, Kerfoot's really rounding into his own. He's having quality games night after night now. Uh, Wayne Simmons is, is on a bit of a heater right now, playing extremely well. They feel comfortable playing this top six right now uh more comfortable than i think i've seen them feel in a long time when it came to a top six so uh, i i like what we're seeing here out of this team the depth was a really big big uh, stepped up big last night for the maple leafs uh, but that's not to say that the big guys didn't either like you look at a couple of those goals austin matthews goal like that that release is, is so elite like it, it's it's unbelievable he's gonna beat any goaltender with a shot like that. And then even Marner with his goal, uh, was it on the power? I think it was on the power play, but getting that puck from Matthews goes short side blocker and just fires it in on off a, off a tee. Like, I didn't know he had that in him. 
said, this is a guy who's talked about how he wants to shoot more and, and become more of a, a goal scorer, I guess, because he knows that he has the capabilities to do stuff like that, right? So when you have the depth going and then you also have your big boys scoring big goals, you're going to win a lot of hockey games, even ones that you shouldn't win, like last night where the Flames, outside of the first period, pretty much um, you know outplayed Toronto in that game. Same, you know, same could go for, for the game on Sunday. I think the Flames outplayed them this whole series, really. Uh, but, you know, if you just have some lucky bounces and, and, and you got your depth guys, you know, coming and, and uh, picking up the slack a little bit, getting some production out of them, your big guys are bound to score. All it takes is one shot from Marner, one shot from Matthews, and it ends up in the back of the net. And all of a sudden, you know, you're up by two and you got a bit of a cushion. And that's kind of what, what we saw happen last night. You know, Calgary's a good team. They're a great team. They've got just as good a, of a, a core four, really, as as a lot of teams in this league. You know, I thought um, Kachuk, and, and I guess this will kind of lead into the post-game shenanigans, but, uh, you know, Kachuk is a great player. They did a pretty good job limiting him yesterday. Like, I... I, I Thought that there would be more fireworks throughout the game. I thought at some point someone was going to drop the mitts and and give uh, Kachuk a go, or maybe Kachuk would give them a go. I guess uh, after after injuring Jack Campbell, but uh, really nothing happened until the end when when Jake uh, puck flipping Muzzin kind of flipped the puck over and hit him in the chest <laughs> post game. Uh, just a little, just a little, a little. Hey, hey, we didn't appreciate what you did there. We didn't get you this game. But this is what I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do for you, and just kind of flips the puck over. Uh, and, and Kachuk didn't like that very much. He freaked out, just freaked out on him, um, and even took a you know the the door on the way down to the dressing room. Tried to beat up the water bottles as well. Not a good look for Kachuk. But uh, you know Jake Muzzin. It's it's nice to see. Just that little bit of little bit of pesterism in inside of him and kind of getting under Kachuk's skin, giving him a little bit of a taste of his own medicine. It was nice to see. And not the type of response I think I expected to see when it came to kind of getting uh, getting theirs for hurting Jack Campbell, um, you know, allegedly, I suppose, on that play when he fell on him late in the game. But certainly uh, it, it was it was fun to see. Fun to see. Uh, anything else I took from that game? I think I think those are most of my takeaways. Uh, defensively, I like what I'm seeing out of these out of this team defensively. You know, and I, I talked about it on the last podcast how they're finding different ways to win, and because they're playing more of a structured game than they were a year ago, it's not just run and gun. Um, you know, they're winning these tight games, and last night was another tight game where they found themselves uh, with a lead, but it was still. You know, pretty close. It was never more than a two-goal lead, and and it was cut down to to one twice, and but they never gave up the lead. You know, they they still uh, kept it going. Freddie Anderson came up big in a lot of situations, uh, made some maps of massive saves, especially in that second period there to to keep Toronto in front, and then ultimately they were able to to kind of seal the deal and solidify the win and get the the full two points out of last night and sweep that first series in Calgary. And I think Calgary is definitely a playoff team and a team that Toronto is going to be battling with 
all the way throughout the rest of the season for playoff positioning. So it's good to be able to get the sweep early, get those full two points, and uh, away we go now back to Edmonton as we get set to play the Oilers. But before uh, before we do any of that conversation, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we return, I'll talk about my three stars of last night's game. But before we do, let's talk about Bill Barr. I gotta tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you wanna check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano with you, the host of this program. Let's go through our three stars of the game last night. And a third star, I'm going to give it to, uh, to to our boy, the agitator, Jake Muzzin. Um, I, I think that Muzzin and Hall actually, uh, puck flipping aside, obviously, the the puck flip at the end of the game, getting under Kachuk's st- uh, skin there is is great to see. It, but Muzzin is always always a reliable, dependable player. Like he's one of the most important players on this team. Uh, we saw that last year in the playoffs when he's not there. You know, this defense kind of falls apart a little bit. And and more importantly, his partner, Justin Hall, kind of crumbles when he has to be the driving force on a pairing. But, like, that pairing of Hall and Muzzin is working, man. It is working right now. They played well last night, um, doing a pretty good job of, of, of shutting down uh, that Lindholm line, uh, who they played most of the night. They were kind of sp- split, I guess, playing both sides. But I, I think that Muzzin had a great game. Um, you talk about also his 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 offensive game being underrated too. Uh, that stretch pass up to Engvall to to kind of spark that goal, I thought was was great. Um, that was the the Boyd goal. Like that was just a great heads up play, right? Um, did well. Uh, in his own end, and and of course the the puck flip. But my number two star of the game, Austin Matthews had a goal, an assist, so two points. And this dude's got a, a oh, just a lethal wrist shot. Like that goal was amazing. The setup t- too, like from Marner was was fantastic. It was just kind of a tic tac toe play, um, and then also setting up Marner on on uh, on Marner's goal. And Matthews nearly had a second goal there in the second or third period. And this was a, a play that kind of went unnoticed a little bit. Almost had a breakaway here, but he did enough to lift the stick of the D-man. I can't remember who was it right now, but lift the stick of the D-man, end up with possession of that puck and, and make a power move towards the net. Wasn't able to score, but that was just like another weapon in his arsenal that shows how smart he is. Just 
great timing to lift that stick and end up with possession of the puck. Uh, wasn't able to get a good shot off, but still, the fact that his mind works that way is just so intriguing. It's just what makes him look like a superstar out on the ice. Um, and then, of course, I, I'm going to keep talking about it all year long because I think that it's important. This man has been a force in the faceoff dot. Another 65% uh, win percentage in the faceoff draws last night, 11 for 17. So Austin Matthews, certainly uh, a big-time contributor when it comes to, to winning faceoffs. This team has a lot of, of set plays off a of faceoff, which they can, you know, you need to win the draw in order to, to do. And Matthews doing his part by winning him there. But my number one star, Freddie Anderson. Freddie had a massive game. Massive. Uh, those In the second period, he stopped 16 of 18 shots, held them to just two goals in a period where the puck was in the leaf zone, basically the entire entire period. Faced eight high-danger chances in that period alone, 12 overall in the game, and he was just made key stop after key stop and really kept this team in it. Realistically, the, the Maple Leafs should have lost that game. If you look at, at, at the expected goals for and against, the Flames were expected to score more goals than the Leafs were last night. Now, clearly, that did not happen, but that was the case. And Freddie Anderson did his job and did a great job to keep his team in it enough for them to to go out and get some good chances, get some good looks, and score a few more goals and end up with one more goal than the Flames at the end of the night. But this was in very encouraging. Very encouraging. And, and I wonder, I wonder, because Jack Campbell is injured, and now he knows this is his net going forward. This is him. He's going to have a good run here where he's not going to be taken out for for a backup, for a breather. You know, he can just kind of keep going. And there's no back-to-backs for, for another three weeks or so. So this is his net for the next little bit. He can get a solid 10 games in a row here and get going if he can if he can uh, get hot right now, which he, he looks like he's on his game. I wonder if the fact that he knows that it's his net, if his confidence is there. Like, is the fact that he's kind of always looking over his shoulder with Jack Campbell there because of all the chatter that's going on in the market about whether or not this is a tandem or whether or not, uh, you know, Campbell's the better goalie and and they should, you know, Campbell could overtake Anderson and net, whether or not there's a controversy. There's no controversy with Hutchinson. And he comes out now and can just kind of play with more of a clear head. Right? So yesterday was kind of the first time that he was able to do that. And he looked great. Looked, looked real good. So he was certainly the uh, the first star of last night's game. All right. We will take another quick break. And when we return, let's talk about some league-wide news and my early thoughts on the league and the season as a whole. But first... Let's talk about betonline.ag. And we're all hockey fans here on the Locked On Elise podcast, but are we ready for some football? We got the Super Bowl coming up in two weeks, and the number one place that has you covered and the one place we trust is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. You've got the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Bucks. You can also go ahead and bet on the NHL games. You got some 
prop bets and future bets. And, of course, you got your puck line, money line, and all the goods. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast, the number one daily lease podcast. Get you a show each and every day, Monday to Friday. Um, so the biggest news of the day today, actually, was not in Leafland, believe it or not. It was out in Pittsburgh where General Manager Jim Rutherford just up and resigned, just up and quit. Uh, <laughs> kind of caught everyone by surprise, you know. I, I mean, he's he's 71 years old. He's won three cups as a general manager. He's been in the league for years um, and apparently it was not health-related, which is good news. You know, someone at 71 years old, you never know if it's health-related with him or a family member or what it is. But Jim Rutherford stepping down as uh, as general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, that's that's big. That's interesting, right? Like, he made a lot of moves this offseason that, uh, that really kind of affect that team over the next couple of years. Right, he went out. He traded a first-round pick for Kasperi Kapanen. He traded first-round picks last year to go out and get Jason Zucker. He traded away his two-time Stanley Cup goaltender in Matt Murray. A couple of years ago, he let uh, Mark Andre Fleury go. Like he's made a lot of big moves. Like Jim Rutherford is one of the most active GMs in the league, and I find it interesting that a guy who had a big off-season. Made a, a few moves, right? Bringing in Kapanen, shipping out Matt Murray, making a, a couple other deals. Somehow, <laughs> at some point, like seven games into the year, it's like, nah, you know what? I think I'm done here. I'm I'm just going to pull out. I'm like, I'm, I'm just confused as to what happened. But, you know, clearly he's got a, he's got a reason. Clearly. Um, I don't know if this is... You know, he's retiring, or if uh, he just didn't want to be in in Pittsburgh anymore. Was there a difference in opinion? It was brought up today on Overdrive. I think uh, Jamie McLennan brought it up and said he wonders if they're starting to have a discussion about post-Crosby and Malkin, and if he just wasn't willing to have those discussions yet. Because I believe I'm quoted on this podcast when we kind of just talked about the league coming into the year as a whole. I know I am at least on the NHL podcast, uh, Locked on NHL, uh, where I am on each and every Tuesday. I I am quoted saying I believe that Pittsburgh was going to take a step back. So I wonder if the thinking in Pittsburgh is also that. And Rutherford's like, no, we'll just keep trading away defensemen, keep trading away picks, keep trading away young talent, our prospects, to try and keep this window that Malkin and Crosby has open for a little bit longer. And I wonder if there was a difference in opinion with ownership. Uh, and and they would say, look, this is more of a long-term thing. Why don't we think about maybe having the conversation about uh, moving some guys? I don't know if that's the, if that's the case. Obviously, it's just complete speculation. Just me kind of talking on my ass, and really, it was it was brought up, you know, on on um, you know mainstream media today. But it made it makes some sense. Like that's one reason why he could have uh, decided to leave. 
right? Difference in opinion of how to run the team. So we'll see. We'll see what uh, what Jim Rutherford ends up doing. Currently, they are going to be having uh, their backup or their assistant general manager, and I have his name right here. Patrick Alvine will be taking over in his place as they search for Rutherford's replacement, and he actually becomes the first Swedish acting general manager in uh, in NHL history, which is kind of cool. So of this weird situation. History was made, so that's kind of that's kind of cool. Um, all right, elsewhere around the league, though. Uh, so just taking a look at the the points leaders, this is how good the Canadian division is, right? And we talked about it coming into the year how difficult this is going to be. It wasn't going to be a cakewalk for Toronto, and and, and we're kind of seeing that. Like we've been given games, we lost like the Maple Leafs lost to to Ottawa <laughs> first and foremost. They've lost to Edmonton. And those two are currently in the basement of the division. So it's going to be a tough, tough road all the way through. We're going to have tough games. And this is how tough it is. Six of the seven league leaders in points are in the Canadian division. Six of the top seven point scores in the league so far this season have come out of the Canadian division. That's crazy. <laughs> now, granted, it's it's still early, and there are other divisions that have had COVID issues. You know, Dallas had their issues. They've only played a few games. Florida's only played a few games. Um, Carolina has had a bunch of games that they've had canceled. So, you know, there's clearly, you know, some teams are being affected and haven't played as many games as they have here because we, you know, the Canadian division hasn't had to cancel anything yet, which is. You know, great. Let's clearly, uh, <laughs> definitely cross our fingers on that one. We want to keep it that way, but it just goes to show how deep this division really is, and how many quality teams there are, quality players there are. So when you think about it, like Fred Anderson, he's going up against got like some of the best players in the league on any given night, whether it's Drysaddle McDavid, whether it's. Shifley or Nick Ehlers, who is having a rocket start to the season for the Winnipeg Jets. Right? We saw last night, Goudreau, Monahan looked pretty darn good. <laughs> Goudreau with a couple of goals. So it's 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 gonna be a, a tough year. Real tough year. But the man at the top, Mr. Mitch Marner, tied with Connor McDavid with 12 points this season. I got to tell you, I didn't think that Marner was going to be at the top of any type of uh, point scoring list. I, it's still early, and I think the Leafs have played more games than anyone else in the league. So I guess when you go by like points per game, maybe it's it. You know, he's not in first, but still, this kid's off to a rocket of a start. You know, him and Matthews are really clicking. They look fantastic. Whether whether it was you know Jumbo Joe on a line with them or Jimmy VC a couple nights ago last night, Zach Hyman. Uh, they were kind of reunited with Hyman, which to me seems like should be a staple. <laughs> like, I think that just works. That that looks really good. They, it just you know don't what's the what's the term there? Don't uh, oh, what is it? Don't change if it ain't broke or something like that. I don't know. Don't fix what ain't broke. I think that's the the saying there, and that's that's it, right? The the Matthews Marner Hyman line is not broken. Don't fix it. 
Um, let's just take a quick look at the standings all around the NHL, though. Uh, just real quick, just see who's up on top, who's off to a, a quick start, and if there's anyone that kind of surprises us. So obviously, we're well averse what's going on in the Scotia North Division. Toronto up top, you know, 6-2 and two record, uh, 12 points through 8 games. Montreal on our heels with 10 points, but that's through 6 games, right? Montreal's yet to lose a game in, in regulation also. I want to point that out. All six of their games have been on the road, and they've yet to lose in regulation. Um... But heading out to the East Division, and it's kind of shaping up exactly how we expected it to. Like Washington up top also has yet to lose in regulation, which is interesting considering that they've played the past couple of games without their big boys, right? Like literally four of their top six players on that team are missing. (laughs) Like you got Ovechkin out, you've got Kuznetsov, Dmitry Orlov, your starting goaltender, Ilya Samsonov, yet they've still have yet to lose in regulation, which is just an incredible story so far early on uh, facing that type of adversity. Um, the Boston Bruins, 4-1-1, nine points through six games. They're doing a, doing a pretty solid job. Um, moving elsewhere in, uh, let's move out west here. Pretty much standard, I would say, with Vegas up top, 5-1-1, one, one. St. Louis 4-2-1, and one. Colorado. Colorado starting off 4-3 and three is a little surprising because they've, uh, they've lost a couple of games to some questionable opponents. Like, I think they lost a game to, to Los Angeles. I believe um, they lost a game to, was it Arizona? Maybe Anaheim. Um, Colorado a little bit, little bit slow to start their season. LA's actually played a lot better than I figured they would. Uh, they've got eight points through seven games this season, currently in a playoff spot. We'll see what happens in that division. And then Columbus, not the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the Columbus Blue Jackets currently leading the Discover Central division with seven points through seven games. But it is a mirage because, well, there's not many teams who've been able to play every single game in that division. Because like I said, Dallas has only played three games. Florida's only played three games. And Carolina has only played three games in that division. Um, Dallas, perfect 3-0, along with Florida, a perfect 3-0. and uh, Tampa, 3-1, and even through, uh, through four games. So they've had a couple of games that they haven't been able to play. So Columbus, just luckily for them, uh, have been able to, A, force overtime, and they've been in games, right? They even they forced Tampa to overtime. Um so forcing teams to overtime and uh, just getting points, escaping with points, staying in the race here. They're going to have a chance, right? I think Dallas, Tampa are two that I would say are guaranteed playoff spots out of this division. If Bobrovsky uh, has a bounce back year, I think that he's somebody who could certainly uh, be, you know, get Florida into the mix here for a playoff spot. And then you got your fourth spot between Carolina. Nah, I say Carolina. Once they get going, Carolina should should be in there. So maybe Florida is that team that's, that's got to kind of battle for it with Columbus, Nashville. I'm not even going to put Chicago and Detroit in there, to be honest. I don't think they have a, they don't have a shot. Chicago's, oh boy, I think they're starting like Malcolm Subban and Kevin Lankinen in net. It's not a good duo. I don't think they're going to win you too many games. And all right, to start the year through seven games, they're uh, a dash five in the, uh, in the column here interestingly they're 2-0 at home but uh 0-3-2 yet to win a road game 
All right, I think uh, I think that'll do it. That's kind of a the roundup so far of what's going on around the league. So I just wanted to kind of update everybody because it's funny. I, I think a, a lot of people probably who listen to this podcast because you know it's a leaf center podcast. Most of you guys probably live within the GTA or at least within Canada and are mainly focusing on what's going on in Canada. But there are other storylines, <laughs> and there are uh, many other teams in the league that are still going on, and storylines and you know standings looking weird early in the season, some teams that are playing well, teams that aren't. And you know it's, it's interesting, um, interesting how little people are paying attention to what's going on outside of Canada since you know this division is just so intriguing for a lot of Canadians and a lot of the fan bases here. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for the podcast. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. I believe I'll be uh, let's we'll be teeing up the the Edmonton game tomorrow. So Oilers and Leafs in Edmonton. uh, Matthews McDavid part three. So we'll see what that looks like. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.